Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 60 of Bell to Bell with Bobby Blaze. I am your host, Professor Jeremy Vilmer, and when I'm not cooking my grandson ham and eggs for breakfast, I am hosting this show with my co-host and star of the show, Bobby Blaze. What's happening, Bobby? Hey, Professor, I'll tell you what's happening, man. It's been cold as a whore's heart out here in Kentucky, and I ought to know because I live with enough, <laughs> enough of them. <laughs> Excuse me a second. Hey, Melody. Get your shoes on and get your ass off the futon and go out there and make us some money. Better uh, yet, just lay it on your back and make us some money because this fucking heating bill ain't going to pay for itself, honey. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got to say. Oh, man. <laughs> at least at this point, man. It's been cold, man. Yeah, we Other than that, we're doing good. <laughs> yeah, we haven't gotten cold here yet. We've been like at the lowest in the 50s, but we went from 90s to 50s in like two weeks. It's not that cold, but comparatively, it's cold, you know? Right. Yeah. It drops that much for sure, man. Central California, our temperature. Temperatures are weird here, you know. So, Bobby, what are we talking about today? Oh, man, we're talking about why we love Bobby Heenan, man. This is going to be a fun topic, I can tell you already. I watched some stuff. I'm sure you have text mm-hmm. sent us some stuff, just the stuff that Bobby Heenan and I. Let me just go on and say this, okay? We had a, uh, one of our earlier episodes was Greatest Managers of All Time. And that program, you told me then that you thought Bobby the Brain Heenan was the greatest manager of all time. And we went off that program with a little bit of heat, probably a little bit of worked heat because I said someone else was, and we had fun with it. But I'm just going to say right now, if the professor says it, Pat Patterson says it, Jim Cornette says it, J.J. Dillon says it, all these other great people say it, we might as well go ahead and admit it. Bobby DeBrain Heenan was the greatest manager of all time. So I'll just start us off with that right there. That way no one can go back and say, Bobby, you know, you said before Cornette was, well, yeah, in a sense it was because that was our, that was our program at the time to mm-hmm. end our program at the time. But we all knew at that time where I was going with it, as did the professor, correct? Yes, yes. I mean, you know, kayfabe yeah. and whatnot all, all set yeah. aside for yeah. the moment. But yeah, yeah. I was asked this week if we had ever done that, and I told him, I was like, it was a guy I work with who listens to the show. I'm like, yep, one of our earliest episodes episodes i go but it does end in an argument <laughs> so yeah, that was a good way to end that program it, you know it really was so, which yeah. brings around to today's topic which is bobby the brain Heenan man so you got any shout outs or anything oh you know this week i am actually woefully unprepared for shout outs i um the only thing i i really want to talk about is an honorable mention again so well i have two shout outs if you don't mind yeah absolutely uh, real quickly i got one at travis travis heckle at uh i just like this tweet he's at memphis wrestling uh, he does the artwork for jim Cornette show but he had one tweet the other day that said this kind of regards to like all the wrestling we was talking about what a great time it is to be a wrestling fan right now but he had this one tweet and i don't get caught up in all that other stuff where you know you like this promotion you don't like that promotion isn't that but it said something like just because you like going out to eat doesn't mean you have to support all the restaurants if it's a crappy place it's a crappy place so you know what if you don't like a, a some kind of you know particular wrestling don't watch it you know what i'm saying you don't have yeah. to just just because you love wrestling watch what you love because it is such a good time to be a pro wrestling fan and i thought that was pretty good if it's crappy, it's crappy. You know, if it's good, it's good. You know it. So you support what you want to as a wrestling fan. The other one, real quickly, uh, a fan of the show, Chad, that is on Twitter, at Chad WB. I'm assuming that's West Virginia because that's where he's from. He's a good guy, good fan of the show. He sent us a picture, him and Bobby Heenan, rather, at one of Bobby's last uh, appearances, apparently. He had uh, some merchandise and uh, souvenir items uh, signed by Bobby Heenan, and he sent us a remote picture uh, there to the Bell to Bell Blaze podcast Twitter page and also to me, and I thought that was pretty cool. So shout out to Chad there for getting that up for us. Uh, we appreciate all of our fans 
supporting the show like they do. So uh, that's my shout outs right there, man. Yeah, that's those are all good ones. As far as the, you know, shitting on one promotion or whatever. I mean, yeah, guys, you've heard me shit on the WWF, but only because it was the only game in town for so long that it was easy for me to hate on it. There are still good people working there. There are still wrestlers I'm sure I would find enjoyable. I just don't don't do it. And it's, yeah. And what I'm really excited about right now is there's choices out there on top of the small promotions we were all watching because that was the only alternative for a long time. Now you've got AEW, you've got the NWA, you've got New Japan is opening their North American promotion. You've still got all the small guys. ROH, I'm I'm a little bit befuddled by what's happening there right now, though. Because a, a promotion that has made their bones by getting over their own local you know, talent, their new guys, they are having a hard time adjusting to the loss of uh, the elite. They're yeah. having a hard time with it. I don't get why they're stumbling around so much. I don't know. I just know it's a good time to be a wrestling yeah. fan. Yeah, <laughs> probably the best time in 30 years, you know. Yeah, what we was talking about. Yeah. All right. Well, with all that being said, Bobby, let's uh, let's pay some bills real quick here, and then we will get on with talking about Bobby Heenan. Tell you what, let's do this. The other day, November 1st, was National Literacy Day, so we'll plug my books right here at the top, and that's with Pin Me, Pay Me. If you want to help support the program, all you have to do is type in tinyurl.com, dot com backslash blaze book one that'll get you pin me pay me have boost for travel also if you want to get book two you can it's called i kicked out on two the educational wrestler that is at tinyrl.com backslash blaze book two look here if we mention one of these books or one of the affiliate links on our program the show could receive a small commission which we're hoping for that is if you make a purchase again there's no additional cost to you um and it helps us continue to bring you this podcast each and every week or each and every other week depending on our schedules but uh anyway hit my books up at uh, pin me pay me at tinyrl.com backslash blaze book one or i kicked out on two the educational wrestler at tinyrl.com backslash blaze book two and I believe you got a book here um, by Bobby Heenan. Is that correct? So hang on. Okay. It's tinyurl.com backslash BB Heenan is where you can get that book at. That book is called Bobby the Brain, Wrestling's Bad Boy Tells All. Okay. There you go. Sounds interesting. Yep. tinyurl.com backslash BB Heenan. And that's all you have to do, folks, is hit us up that. It's always, even though the other, I think September's National Literacy Month, like I said, November 1st was National Literacy Day. Uh, Jeremy and I was talking off there just a few minutes about uh, reading, the importance of reading, reading to children and grandchildren. Those, you know, just reading in general, it's a, it's a good thing. So, you know, you don't have to start with my books. You can start with an, uh, you know, C-Spot Run book or a comic book if you want. But I imagine if if you're listening to this program, you'll want to get Bobby Heenan's book or you want to get one of my books. And again, that's at tinyrl.com backslash blazebook1 or tinyrl.com backslash blazebook2. Read a lot of Westerns still when I get an opportunity. And you think about the area, the era when that took place, you know, right after the Civil War. I think American literacy was like 30% at the time. We're at almost a hundred percent now. Take advantage of it, people. Don't don't let us backslide into a time when nobody could read. Real quickly here, I did I did want to point this out, and I meant to bring it up earlier. I noticed that if you do watch AEW, there was a, a title match contract signing between Chris Jericho and Cody this week. Okay. Apparently, 2001's Young Lion Chris Jericho is the guy who showed up. He's got his long hair back, clean shaven. He looks like he okay. did in his WCW days, except, you know, a little softer around the middle. 
Okay, yeah. And um, I, I know that AEW was here in the uh, tri-state area. Those in Charleston, West Virginia, and Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania last weekend. I know several guys have got to go. I didn't. I haven't talked to any of them. I've seen a couple of their tweets. I, I did talk to a couple of guys who were actually there, but I, but I haven't talked to them specifically about the show yet. Okay, so I'm pretty sure that they had a really good show. I know it's, it's supposed to be sold out. I, I did hear that at Charleston. That's one of the first sellouts. I think WCW may have sold it out for a sold-out show way back in, oh, man, maybe 90. 8 or 99. I know I was there on a show. It was a sellout before. That's probably when the uh, old NWA was there with Ricky and Robert and the Russians and Road Warriors and, you know, Dusty and all them on top yeah. uh, prior to that. So that's, that's good to have it back, <clears throat> you know, have them coming back to these areas and drawing a crowd like that. I didn't go and I didn't, I haven't seen the, the, the new and improved older aged Jericho. <laughs> yep. However you want to word that. It was just kind of funny to see that because when yeah. we walked out, I was just like, wait a minute. <laughs> What year is this? Well, let's go ahead and get rolling here. Uh, Bobby Heenan was born Raymond Lewis Heenan in Chicago, Illinois, in 1944. He dropped out of school in the eighth grade to support his mother and grandmother. He was a fan of wrestling, having grown up in Chicago and Indianapolis. He started working in the uh, the professional wrestling industry, just like everybody else we hear about, carrying bags, selling concessions, blah, 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 and use that to parlay into a... Awesome wrestling career. Bobby retired in 2001, and he passed away on September 17th, 2017. Bobby's time in wrestling, he started with the WWA, went to the AWA, left there for Georgia Championship Wrestling, went back to the AWA, then he left for the WWF with the mass excursion of Mean Gene, Hulk Hogan, Dr. D. David Schultz. He went from the WWF as a manager, transitioned into a uh, color commentary position, and then took that and went to WCW, which I believe, outside of some indies and reappearances in the WWE, that would be the end of his career, Would and on the large scale, would be WCW. And I had the pleasure of meeting Bobby Heenan. First of all, I, I, this to me is an honor. I'm one of the guys he called Ham and Ager. <laughs> I was out there against Roddy Piper, and, you know, I think he said, I look at this Ham and Ager, I don't know. But uh, he, when I announced my name as Bobby Smedley, he said, how would you like to go through life with that moniker? You know, so I didn't meet him that particular night or a set of tapings. I'd have, I did about six or eight of them back in the day. Many years later, I was WCW, and I, the very first pay-per-view I did was uh, one of the World War Threes. And I was up in Detroit, Auburn Hills area. The production meeting was at uh, one of the bigger hotels. I honestly can't remember which one it was, but it wasn't the one I was staying at because I was probably over there for Melanie at the fucking Days Inn or somewhere. Sure. Uh, who, who knows, you know. Uh, but I, I was somewhere down the street and drove out there, and I got there early. The bar is right when you walked in, and, and there's Bobby Heenan. Even though I'd been there probably about a month, I hadn't met him yet. Uh, I had only done a TV taping at Disney, and I walked in and – uh, sit down, talk to him just a few minutes, and he was very, very pleasant gentleman. And um, he was always very kind to me, and, and always quick witted, of course. And uh, we just we probably spent about twenty minutes. For other guys started coming in. Of course, he's going to go with the announcers and guys he he knew. And of course, I'm going to go with guys I knew. But uh, I did get to one last time in around 2005 or 2006. Um, he was on a show. I, I knew a guy from Tampa named Lionel who went national. Uh, from New, he was he had a Tampa show, but then went national in New York. And one night I was listening, and he had Bobby the Brain Heenan on air. And uh, man, I called in and they took my call because Lionel had remembered me. And of course, uh, uh, I think Bobby was uh, uh, just 
either just getting just got sick or was in remission at the time. But anyway, we got to speak for about five minutes on a talk show, and it was nice to be remembered. But it was more nicer for me to to you know just to get to talk to them and and, and tell them you know wishing the best of luck and this and that. Of course, they ribbed on me because Lionel that was his thing uh, back in the day when I'd call into Tampa and rib with my accent and this and that. So here I was in this uh, just a fan calling in to talk to Bobby the Brain, and they ribbed on me. And I you know how you got to like that because I'm nothing but a ham and egg, Bobby. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I just want to share those two parts personal stories um with you you know kind of set the tone for the show but man just uh probably one of the quickest wits uh there's so many words uh, people what funny sarcastic uh man i mean you know just a great talker you know so yeah. uh we're, we should have fun with this program, man. I always wonder and i know roddy piper did this roddy piper carried around books of puns and one-liners and constantly read through him. He read that like Bachwinkle read the dictionary. I always wondered if Heenan must have done that because he had a joke or something for every situation that came up. And you can only do that by having stock jokes that you have memorized that you can take apart and reuse at a moment's notice. Yeah, I don't know, but I wouldn't be surprised, man, because he, with that wit and the sarcasm, is that he wasn't lacking for words for anything that came up. He had a comeback for it. You weren't yeah. going to, if it was a battle of the wits, you was going to be a handicap. You know, he just, he could just riff, 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 you know. Um, I don't know if he'd done that, but he, he must have locked those jokes in his mind somewhere to get them off like he did, because Bachwinkle caught him greatest worker of all time, man, talking about how over he was, you know, getting heat and, and the quick witticisms and, and comebacks and all those things. You know, greatest talker of all time. There you go. So how can you, you know, that's a good question. Um, he probably had something he had studied or done, you know, through the years. Maybe it's just him because he understood entertainment. You know, he understood all aspects of it. Oh, yeah. Yes, I did use that E word. <laughs> well, yeah, but that's, I mean, that's a little bit different, though. That's not trying yes, to take, absolutely. <clears throat> yeah, it's not trying to take wrestling and make it something it's not. Right. Uh, that is just adding a, a little shine to the product as it is. One of the things I wanted to say before we get to our list is out of all the things I really appreciate about Bobby Heenan was his sense of fashion. So everybody go <laughs> yeah. to your closet, get your get your sequin black jumpsuits out, and uh, sit down and let's talk about Bobby Heenan. There you go. All right. I'm glad you brought that up because that wasn't on the list. So I, I will give that your honorable mention, correct? Yes, sir. All right. Well, that's a good one to start us off with. Number 10 reasons why we love Bobby the Brain Heenan. And that is, now I'm probably going to mispronounce this, Jeremy, but it's Rosada Sisters. I believe it's uh, Rosati. 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 Yeah. I'm thinking Nurse Rosetta, like I said yeah. from the Alice Cooper song that's over there right. from the inside. But uh, Heenan was always hysterical about the uh, girls with notable girth. And they did several, several skits about it. I know he mentioned uh, very opening of, of something we'll talk about here later on in, in our program. But uh, so I guess that was a couple of big girls that, that Bobby liked to have the fun at their expense. Yeah, they were okay. So they were three sisters who, I, if I remember right, I, I remember them always wearing colorful clothes, but I don't know that for a fact. It's just something that seems to be in my memory. Yeah. But they were big WWF fans and they were always in the crowd. And they, one of them or two of them made friends with Vince McMahon somehow and started getting free tickets. And then Bobby started incorporating them into <laughs> skits and bits that he did. And they would co-host with him on the, the Bobby Heenan show. So they, they were worked right into the product. I don't know who spotted who, whose idea it was, but it was Heenan that actually elevated the bit from a simple fat joke into something yeah. else. Yeah. 
Yeah, I saw one of them on it. I, I saw one of the skits, and and I can't remember how it was. It's just too funny to try to duplicate it. But man, he, no sooner she says something, one of the sisters says something, he had to come back, of course. And it's like I think they just did the host, they just, you know, right the skit ended like right there, like you know, I was like, where do they go from here? Of course, they took it somewhere else. But I was like, okay, I still can't pronounce the Rosada sisters. Rosati, I, I believe, but Rosada. God, I can't even say it. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, but here at this point, what's going to happen is in two days, we're going to get an email from text telling us what we fucked up. So we'll just leave it out there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. What is that? And folks, if you're listening, yeah, we, we, as you know, we'll go from memory on a lot of different things. Then we'll, We'll go to each other, then we'll look stuff up and try to have some unique lists for you. So uh, Tech sent in quite a bit of these top ten, if not all of them, and gave us some notes on this. And, you know, because we, we all three love, you know, Bobby Heenan. But last week, I guess we, we screwed up <laughs> Something we had three matches incorporated like in one match in 1980. So I guess in our memory, three things happened inside of what was it? The Dusty Roads and Dusty the Rick and Flair Ole. and only yeah. the angle of Ole in the cage in 1980. And we put about three or four matches <laughs> incorporated into one damn dream match, I guess. Yeah. But uh, anyway, Tex called us out on it and said, you know, hey, that's it. And Jeremy said, hey, we're gonna make a mistake. You know, that's why we like you to hit us up on our, you know, bell to bell. Blaze on Twitter and let us know, hey, man, you know, here's an idea. <laughs> Where did that come from? <laughs> yep. All right. We had enough of number 10. You ready to move on to number nine? Let's go to number nine. Number nine. Okay. The Royal Rumble of 92. Tech says, let me write, let me tell you what Tech said. He put the greatest heel commentary of all time, bar none. His desperation to be fair to Flair drove the story of the match. It got Flair's title win over, and it did it in a truly entertaining fashion. One of the best single match calls ever. And that's from text down in the boiler room there. He wrote that one in on number nine, the Royal Rumble of 92. What do you think, Jeremy? So Bobby Heenan, I think, was better at getting heat on somebody, himself or somebody else, than just about anybody else. And when they put him in commentary, his ability, you know, I, I love, I love when they split commentary teams between a, a face play by play and a color heel, because then you have both of them pushing their bullshit Fox News sounding agenda, you know, for oh, the yeah. same match. And you see in each one of them spin it their own way, you know, and Heenan was better at that than anybody. I don't specifically remember this match because I remember Heenan always being great when calling a flare match. Absolutely. Yeah, I didn't remember exactly. I remember him managing Flair and, and, and helping him get over, but it's not like either one really need help getting over. But as a heel commentary, I'm going to take Tex at his word here, uh, that, that what he said was one of the single, uh, match, best match calls ever. So we'll go with that as number nine. Um, speaking of text, Jeremy, I'm going to jump ahead real quick here to our YouTube channel that text runs from down in the boiler room. We need to probably get him some coffee, a couple of sandwiches and soup down there or something. I don't know. Uh, maybe just some water. But anyway, have you been watering him at all? I, I've been sending down <laughs> bread and water once every other week okay. or so. Yeah. Okay. Well, he's done a great job this week, as he always does. So uh, on our YouTube channel, which has uh, 6,500 subscribers right now, go to tinyurl.com backslash BBBB video, and you can see all the great list of top tens that we've done in the past. Uh, Tex has taken Jeremy's voice and my voice and put them behind it, and it's come up some really good footage. As we're talking about right now, one of our earlier podcasts we did was Greatest Managers of All Time. Uh, there's 10 of those with honorable mentions. There's uh, le most legitimate badasses in professional wrestling. That list is probably our most popular. It has a combination of over out of 10 
videos. It has over 660,000 views. Uh, if you want to see who we thought was some of the toughest men in professional wrestling, we also have some of the greatest commentaries on commentaries on air. There's just a whole bunch of stuff on our YouTube channel. Again, that's tinyrail.com slash video. Go by there. Give us a like. Share it. Feel free to comment and also subscribe, please. We appreciate that. Absolutely. You know, and we're going to be starting some original content just for YouTube as well. So, you know, keep an eye on the page. we got some cool stuff coming up. Oh, yeah. And by the way, that audio clip you sent me about some of the uh, YouTube with the West Texas State, it sounded terrific, man. Awesome. Uh, just that sneak peek, listen. I really appreciate you sending it to me. I'm sure Tex liked it as well. Yeah, some specific YouTube stuff coming out. And Jeremy, the professor's voice, is going to be on reading a script about some things. It's really sounding good, folks. You're going to really enjoy what's coming, believe me. Bobby, let's go ahead and go to number eight. Number eight. Now I had a different I had a different idea about this because I heard it differently, and then you you text sent me something, and you then you looked it up and you correct me. That was uh, apparently Bobby, not apparently apparently <laughs> Bobby DeBrain Heenan uh, got, got helped Goldberg get over. So when he first came to WCW. He, he was the first one to really realize uh, what they had on their hands and put them over on commentary, and it, it led him to being pulled from TV to launching a streak, and uh, he refused to let any other commentator talk about anything else while Bill Goldberg was in a ring. So uh, Goldberg, Goldberg. Now I know other people are responsible for that as well, but apparently uh, the professor has went back and looked up and found out a few things that this is true. Is that correct, professor? Uh, that is everything I can find. I mean, I checked with a couple people just because i read that and i do remember bobby putting him over pretty big you know they were he would call him the man and superman and things like that i remembered him putting him over but i didn't i'd never thought that oh he was the guy kind of leading the charge but goldberg himself when bobby heenan passed away he said i gotta go back and find this here he's very sad to hear of the passing of bobby the brain heenan rest in peace my friend my career would not be the same without you yeah. So, you know, I thought about it a little bit. And you know what? If you have a guy in commentary who starts pushing for somebody that nobody else is really keen to yet. Because remember, Goldberg came out of nowhere. Yeah. The fans yeah. went for him. Well, you know what? Maybe Heenan is the one who got the fans going that direction. Because my brother remembers it being Heenan that got him over. Cool. Bill Goldberg seems to think it was Heenan that got him over. And I'm not going to argue with Bill Goldberg. <laughs> yeah, hell, I was victim number 67. I don't need to, at my age, I don't need to be speared out of my boots again, or in this case, my, my ball shoes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll just take it at what Goldberg said, what he said. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's, there's no point in, no point in so, doing that. Um, I did watch you on Robin Slim this week, or this last week. Okay. Yeah, I did go back. Yeah. I missed the live yeah, show. So, yeah. That was a good show. I you usually usually do pretty good on their show. They're, yeah, they're, it's a fun show to do. Yeah. It's, it's, it really is. It's laid back. It's easy because the guys, you know, they they just have some they have some good little bits on there, and um, they have some really good guests on there, myself included. Thank you. And uh, uh, you just have fun with it, you know. Um, so yeah, appreciate that. I, I think I gave you in Texas shout on there as well. Oh, absolutely, oh, you did. Yeah. Okay, cool, good deal. Well, number eight was Bobby Heenan getting Bill Goldberg over, helped him realize, you know, hey, we got something here on our hands, a monster, if you will. Yeah. And uh, let's put him back here don't let him be on tv and when he does get on tv you know help with that by god i'm gonna get him over and you're not gonna talk about anything else when goldberg's match is going on because on those tv tapings of matches sometimes that that happens you know you get off one oh this week on a pay-per-view or this month coming or what have you 
you know, during Goldberg's matches, they specifically spoke about what was taking place in the ring at that time, be it 30 seconds or 90 seconds or three minutes, however long he was out there. They concentrated and spoke only about what was taking place in the ring, and that helped establish him even more over because he was already over with the fans and stuff, but the way they portrayed it and, and got it over on a national, uh, international audience at the time. So let's take us to number seven. Well, this was real, funny. Real quick, okay, before, we, sorry. before we jump. No, no, no problem. It was Bobby Heenan. Apparently, the night that Goldberg's streak and title loss happened, he looked around at everybody else in the car with him and said, well, guys, we'll be out of, out of, out of a job in a year. Yeah, I think he said something, we killed the golden goose. That was it, know? that was it, we killed the golden I goose. Killed the golden goose, yeah, I know he was very disappointed in that, I think, I'm pretty sure that was what he said to whom, I don't know, but I'm probably who was fucking in here shot or could hear him say it, he probably let him know, and they all probably like, <laughs> couldn't have worded it better myself. Exactly. <laughs> so the air was gone there, out of the, you know. Killed a golden goose. Yeah, I didn't mean to talk over you there. No, so no we got, I was just going to go on to number seven because this one was funny as heck to me. I went back and watched this one. You want to bring it up, Jeremy? And I'll, I'll go with you on yeah, this one. Yeah, well, number seven was when he got fired by the WWF. <laughs> he really let them, he really let them lay into him in this one. I mean, he was what he was like getting getting disguised and trying to sneak oh, back yeah. into. Oh yeah, he came oh. back as a, uh, I think a rabbi. He came back as an uh, an old lady uh, dressed in his big thick makeup on, uh, big lips painted and uh, glasses, and he had to get in there, and uh, it was funny as heck. And of course, he he wanted. Uh, monsoon to fire him and throw him out of the building you know that the idea was was to make it to make sense and you know to keep it kind of kayfabe because he's gonna be in wcw in the next few weeks you, yeah it was just really hilarious you go back and watch that that particular episode i think someone's condensed it down on youtube uh to every time he's coming to the door he's talking security and he's he got himself fired and he tries to keep coming back into the building at night and then he's talking to vince he's talking to security guards finally i guess gorilla just says you know enough of this you know <laughs> And they, they, you know, he's gone. Well, but, yeah, because uh, he throws they, him and his luggage out, right? I mean, it's like he throws everything out of the building. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah. And sure. see, there's that thing. Bobby knew that if it looked logical, there wouldn't be a ton of questions and stupid shit when he showed up on a different show in a month. Yeah. It wow, would be a natural, good. a natural progression. That's good stuff, man. Getting himself fired from WWE. Yeah. And apparently it was <laughs> his idea. You know, he was the one who pushed that, that him getting fired in that way was the way to go. And of course, this was really the ultimate time of Monsoon and Heenan together. This is the last time you really saw it. Yeah. And it was an outstanding, almost like Three Stooges routine, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff. Go back and watch it if you haven't, folks. It's pretty good. Oh, man. Hey, Jeremy, I'm going to go off strip real quickly here. We're talking mm -hmm. about Heenan being a manager, and we're in between number seven and number six here. Real quickly, before we go to the next one, I just want to bring this up. Um, I meant to earlier. I don't even know if we have to. If we don't, we won't. But uh, I know you used to watch Bobby Heenan early on in the AWA. We probably – is there anyone that – if we mention someone's name – is there anyone he didn't manage or all the top stars he did manage? I wanted, I know you mentioned Bachwinkle and Stevens, and that was the, to me, I, I started off right there. Um, and, I, and then, of course, he mentioned several more uh, in his Hall of Fame speech we'll get to eventually, uh, not to give anything away. But can you think of anyone he didn't manage or someone special uh, that he did, that he didn't manage since we are talking about his managing? Well, you know, because. <clears throat> I'm trying to think here because, you know, if they were a villain in the AWA, if they were yeah. a top-tier villain, he managed them. 
Yeah. Bockwinkle Stevens, the land, uh, the Blackjacks, you know, Blackjack yeah. Lanza, especially, he got over. Um, you know what? I mean, let me do a quick look here. Heenan family, because there are guys that you forget. Yeah, I wasn't trying to put you on a spot or anything. I just wanted to make mention. We, I, I know with the Bockwinkle and Stevens, that trio right there, man, my goodness, you know. Uh, but he also, he's mentioned the Brain Busters, man. He, when he come out then, we mentioned Flair earlier. Some of those guys that went over from W, uh, well, NWA or WCW time to come over. When Tully and R went over, they come out the Brain Busters. I mean, they're coming off that big four horsemen run and yeah. they go right there with uh, Bobby the Brain Heenan, you know. I mean, that, and they're the Brain Busters. And that's, you know, whether you know, it's just over. And then you got the WCW World Heavyweight Champion Flair coming over, you know, and who they put them with. I mean, I think that speaks volumes for your, you know, for your, your, Top management to, to say he's the number one manager of all time because I'm sure you'll come up a few more people. I, we we haven't discussed as to who he did manage, but you know when you got guys that come from another organization that was over like a motherfucker on fire, the horsemen come over, mm-hmm. uh, you know Tully and Arndu of the horsemen, <clears throat> and they put him with Bobby Heenan. Bobby the Brain Heenan, and the same thing of Flair. Here's the world's, you know, real world heavyweight champion. And who you put him again? Who you put him with? Rather, you put him with, you know, the best manager in the game, Bobby the Brain Heenan. I mean, I think that's what I was kind of trying to make sure we put that out there. Oh, yeah. I know people that listen to this show are actually wrestling fans, and they know what I'm trying to say. Uh, but I'm, I didn't want to leave one off because there's probably so many more people that we don't, did or I haven't mentioned that he did manage. Well, let he, me let me try to hit some of these real yeah, quick. Just so, um, all right. So when he transitioned from the AWA to Georgia Championship Wrestling, uh, he formed the second version of the Heenan family. Blackjack Lanza remained with him. Uh, the mass superstar killer Carl Cox, uh, Toru Tanaka and Ernie Ladd were all, wow. in there. yeah, we're all in there. So that's fucking royalty. You know, he returns to the AWA, reforms the original Heenan family with Bockwinkle, Super Destroyer Mark II, Ken Patera and Mr. Saito. Okay. All right. And then I think the, the era we would all be most familiar with would be his WWF run. Yeah. Where, you know, uh, Heenan must have been one of the guys to recognize uh, the coming greatness of Hulk Hogan because he worked his ass off to keep Hogan over and try to put him in an underdog position his entire career. Let me see if I got a quick list here, though. Uh, Big John Studd, King Kong Bundy. Jesse Ventura was supposed to be his first uh, person, but he was forced to retire due to his health problems. Okay. Patera came in and joined at that point. Buddy Rose came in. Adrian Adonis and Missing Link in 1985. Andre the Giant was the first target for Big John Studd, which was the, uh, the body slam, uh, challenge yeah. and, you know, yeah. the money being thrown to the crowd. But of course, eventually when Andre did his, uh, heel turn, who, where'd he go? He went to the greatest in the world to have his back. He went to Bobby Heenan. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Family. Let me see here. And we just did heel turns on last week's episode, greatest heel, most shocking heel turns of all time. And that was a hell of a fun episode. And I, I hope a lot of people enjoyed us putting that out there because uh, we, we put some swerves in there and we had a really good top 10. And I think our, our top five was especially good. Mm-hmm. So uh, 
anyway, that was one of them, though, was the Andre when Andre turned. And then here he is with uh, one of the biggest baby faces ever. Oh, yeah. And he goes to the biggest heel manager ever, you know. So that's a good deal right there, bringing that up, man. Oh, yeah. yeah but so I, believe- I just wanted to mention some guys he did he did manager, man. That's a lot. I mean, there's probably a who's who, right? Like, oh, you've already mentioned so many guys. Yeah. Well, I believe if you just hit him real quickly, you know, a guy I thought never got over as big as he should was Hercules Hernandez. He was part of the uh, Heenan family at one point. Okay. Now, I'm doing this from memory, so I could be wrong, but I believe when Rick Rude first came in, he was a uh, Heenan family member as well. I think you're right. I think you are right. Yeah. So, so. and Orndorff, you know, so, I mean, the, uh, Harley Race, he managed Harley yes, Race. Yes, Harley Race. Yeah, uh, sure. Haku, you know. <laughs> of course, the Haku thing caused a problem for him later, but, you know. <laughs> Yeah. But there we go. There is a yeah. non-exhaustive, non-complete, barely scratch the surface <laughs> list of Bobby Heenan's uh, uh, clients. Well, since you mentioned, uh, let's read uh, number five if you don't care. I know we're, uh, number six is up there, but you mentioned about um, him getting hating, hating on Hogan. Let's just move that one up if you don't care. Yeah, okay. Because you kind of mentioned it that. Uh, this is from text. Nobody ever spewed more vile, uh, virtual <laughs> into Hawkster's erection than the brain. Uh, when Hogan finally did turn to NWO, Bobby's explanation was, uh, I told you so, it was brilliant, and it was funny. And um, he loved working with Hogan because the checks were bigger. And so you mentioned that earlier he must have caught on early uh when he was there like he knew that's where the money was like if i get on this right now and just make sure i bury him bury him hip bury him but by burying him getting him over yeah you know that that was one of the things tex had it as number five we just kind of moved it up to number six because that's kind of the flow of the show there so go ahead and add on that if you don't care how oh, that yeah, all absolutely well because you know this this dates back to the awa a lot of younger people may not realize that hulkamania was something <laughs> that Vern Gagne inadvertently created and then refused to take advantage of you know and like you've often said you know it came down to a t-shirt deal basically that was the yeah. straw that broke the camel's back you know so hogan was challenging bockwinkle for the title and on two maybe three occasions he would win it and stanley blackburn would come out and take it away <laughs> and, yeah, i know and, you brought that up before i love that when you tell me that yeah <laughs> i just kind of found a way to keep getting that title off hogan <laughs> yeah that was the thing and so you know and Vern was trying to i mean he was he was trying to set it up to go in that direction, but Vern did not like to change directions and he did not like unknowns. So Vern, like, I think Vern went as far as like trying to pimp one of his daughters to Hogan at one point, like thinking, well, if he marries her, then, <laughs> you know, then we got it going forward. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Heenan, it also, when Hogan did finally go heel, it made Heenan look like a genius. It made him look like, I told you all along. I told you yep. he was a no good Nick. <laughs> and what was awesome about that was he still, Heenan still hated on Hogan, but did not switch to being a face except when Hogan was on screen. Yeah. It was that kind of weird tweener kind of thing that still worked out perfectly. Yeah. Because he knew how to get over. <laughs> yes, he did. That's the thing. Uh, one of the other things he got over there, we skipped down and we'll put this in number five, I guess, and that was the Bobby Heenan show, where he parlayed his popularity to his own version of The Tonight Show with Lord Alfred Hayes and the Ed McMahon role. Some of those things were hilarious. I watched a couple of those clips the other day, too. See, that's the other thing. Last week, I only had like one day to get ready. It seemed like we kept kicking something else around, which we're still working on, folks. We mentioned last week we've got some good stuff uh, uh, coming on future podcasts. 
But uh, this week, I had a little more time to prepare. And by preparing, I, I had some things off memories and personal memories that I've shared with you. But also, I got to go and watch some YouTube clips and, and just sit there and be entertained, if you will, by some of the antics of Bobby the Brain Heenan. I watched one of him and Gorilla when he was talking about his work ethic. That was hilarious. Uh, just just the way his, he would sell. Um, he could sell with his facial expression and get heat. I, I, it was just enjoyable to finally, you know, when you when you got a topic. And it's not that I haven't liked any topic. I've loved them all. But when you have that extra time to say, oh, you know what? Let me actually – there's a shitload of footage out there of Bobby the Brain uh, that I just cracked up at, man. And I, I – so anyway, I watched a couple of clips of his own version of the, quote, Tonight Show with Lord Halford Hayes. And some of those faces Alfred Hayes would make at him. Oh, my goodness. That was hilarious. So – yeah, anyway. that was pretty, and that was part of the what the uh, the WWF primetime show, right? Was that? <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. that's back. I think they were on USA Network back then. It was uh, uh yeah, uh, well, yeah, because uh, yeah, yeah, because yeah. Vince McMahon had just taken that time slot from Joe Blanchard. Oh yeah, you brought that up before. Yeah. He wanted to slip. He kept slipping his guys. He was going to put his footage from the other uh, buildings and stuff. Finally, he just got the Tom spot, right? I believe that's how that worked out. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, that is something I just discovered. I didn't know that Joe Blanchard's show was the first one on on USA. And yeah. And then I, things started to click in my head when I, you know, when I realized that. Yeah. And you know, you said that was on Prime Spot. Speaking of Prime, Jeremy, we've oh, got yes. to get a plug out there from one of our affiliates. Again, guys, anything we push in this program, it just helps uh, put a little bit of uh, cash back into the program and helps us bring some great content. And if you go to tinyrail.com slash Prime, you can try Amazon Prime for 30 days free. It won't cost you a dime. You can cancel it anytime you want. But I have a feeling you probably won't because I love my Prime and I know the professor does too. Professor, tell us about Amazon Prime and some of the benefits you have from being an Amazon Prime uh, enrollee, if you will. Well, so you get this for three. Ah, I'm sorry, you get this free for 30 days to try it out, which means that you get their quick shipping. In most markets, it's still two days, but in some areas, they've got it down to like same day delivery for some things. You get access to their video and their music library. I believe you can actually get their Kindle Unlimited program a little bit cheaper if you're already a Prime member as well. So you get access to all sorts of content. And Bobby, one of the things I, I'm going to have to figure out a way to get a list of it together. There is a ton of wrestling content included under Amazon Prime now. Yeah, I have to find out. I haven't, I haven't been looking. I've been watching older movies, streaming those. That's what I've enjoyed doing, of course. I haven't purchased anything recently, but the last two times I've purchased something, I've got like next day shipping. Even though it said two days, I, I got it the next day. I'm real happy with my Prime. I just save on shipping and I watched movies and I know they got some original series. I know, oh, I know yeah. there's a couple getting ready to uh, third season of one. What is it? The, the, uh, marvelous, uh, Oh, Miss Marvel. Miss, yeah, that's going to be coming out in third, uh, third season of Batman. If you haven't watched the first two of those, and I know you and I both have, we talked about the Lenny Bruce character yeah. on there. Uh, I know you've got a favorite show, the, um, uh, Corner Gas. Corner Gas, uh, that pops up in mind sometimes. I only watched one episode. I haven't watched beyond that. I, I keep telling myself I'm going to, but, uh, yeah. And also, like I said, for me, the main thing is, is the movies and the free shipping. I don't even take advantage of the music I have. I listen to, uh, uh, Pandora a lot more than anything, sure. but uh, but uh, but I know it's available. I know it's available because my granddaughter, when she comes over, she listens to some of the prime music. So oh, yeah. I just I just don't. She that, I have a preference on that, but I do like it. I know it's available. Millions of songs, millions. Of yeah, that's the thing. Songs. It's I look, I've got hard drives full of music that I've acquired over the years. You know, CDs that I ripped back in the old days. 
digital files that I've bought, yada, yada, yada. But, you know, it's still easier just for me when I jump in the car, if I want to hear a specific song, just to load Amazon, uh, Amazon music. Yeah. Cause it's going to be on there. And the yep. other thing I like is that it's just, you know, I've got, I've got, uh, an Alexa, so I can stream music over that. I've got a yep. Roku on both, you know, I've got a Roku TV in the bedroom and then I've got a Samsung smart TV. They both have Amazon music apps built right into them. Right so, on. Yeah. So for me, it's, it's a super easy transition, you know. Well, you can help the program by going to tinyurl.com backslash BB Prime. We'd appreciate it very much, and uh, I think you'll enjoy it very much if you're, you're out there listening. Give it a try. Absolutely. And I think that's going to take us to number four. Yeah, we're at number four, and this this one here, I went back and watched it. I watched it twice, and I, I could have put this at number one, really. Uh, we actually, I think we had it at number nine originally. I said, Jeremy, we got to move this up, man. So we looked at the the top three and we said well, let's put it here at number four and that is bobby the brain Heenan was inducted to the wwe hall of fame in 2004 and if there's any hall of fames out there bobby the brain Heenan needs to be in all of them yeah. not just the you know wwe one because i'm sure everyone that's listening to that says the same thing bobby the brain is a legitimate hall of famer so number four was the wwe hall of fame speech it's funny it's engaging it's entertaining it's, it's everything you want a speech to be man he just rips and rolls and rocks and rolls and riffs and talks to he talks to a couple of the guys he manages out there he points out harley race uh the superstar graham he talks to slaughter there um he and he talks about when he first came there you know they had three free birds <laughs> they had bulldogs and it had a snake and it had this and he said and i'm gonna weasel with a gorilla you know and man it's just so funny to hear his speech obviously i can't do any of his voices or anything to take because he's the greatest talker of all time but what do you think about that being number four because it could have been number one in my opinion but but we're gonna keep it at four if you if you love bobby brain heenan Go back and watch the WWE Hall of Fame speech. It's available on YouTube, and I'm sure it's available on a network and everywhere else. So, yeah, I was going to say that you can't, you have to see it, but I can't do it justice without. I can't either. Yeah, you just need to go watch it. I would like to talk about it more, but you know, he does have a few moments where he gets a little bit sad because Gorilla Monsoon had just passed away with that year, mm-hmm. the year before. Mm-hmm. Um, but he does, I mean, he's up to his regular antics. He's funny. He's quick witted. Yeah. He's got a lot of great, you know you know, quick jabs and barbs to throw out there. It is a hell of a speech. And I believe, I believe you just say Bobby Heenan, uh, hall of fame, and you're going to get 50 links on YouTube. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the other thing too, that I don't realize sometimes, and I know you do, you understand the importance of, I understand the importance of it. I just don't have it that much. And that is his timing, that sense of a pause when you're supposed to pause, uh, you know, his sense of timing when he's speaking and, and telling a joke or being witty, those come across as well too. And if you're like Jeremy or myself in communications and talking, that's so important. I know I miss it sometimes, but I can't do it justice by saying, you know, he, 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 he's a, he's a weasel with a gorilla. If you watch it, just go and watch it. Just go to one of the links there and watch it. I'm telling you, you'll be very glad you did. But just listen to his sense of timing as well as, you know, his witness, sarcasm, and, and just the entertainment value that he that he puts forth on just that speech. And you'll say, I've got to go watch more stuff. <laughs> I'm telling you, if you're, if you're not a Bobby the Brain Heenan fan, 
<laughs> watch that Hall of Fame speech, and you will be, and you'll go back and start watching some more of his older stuff, too. So let's leave number four right there, the Hall of Fame speech. Yeah, absolutely. Now, this one here, number three, I was I was like, maybe we don't put this one at number three. We put it at four. But, again, when you get down on our top ten list, you start mixing things up. Any of these things could have easily made the top three or four, and we know that. And Jeremy said, no, Bobby, I remember it way back when, and that is what, Professor? Well, that the, would be the weasel suit. Um, yes. The As I remember it, as I remember it, it started in the AWA with Greg Gagne getting him in the ring in the weasel suit. <laughs> and Bobby Heenan could bump and take an ass whipping as well as anybody I've ever seen. Oh man, he could. He had some tremendous bumps, man. He he yeah. was a bump machine early in his career, and and throughout he he was still working way up there. You know, he still take a bumps, you know, out there as a manager. So yeah. yeah. Um, well, I remember so he started added, off with the wrestler while I was getting at. Even as a manager, he proceeded to continue to take bumps while I was getting at. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he um, you know, I, the ways I've seen him take a spill over the top rope to the outside. At one time, I believe he got hurt because he had a belt around his neck when it happened. But, um, you know, he'd take those, those falls from over the top rope, in, inside the ring, over the top rope, to the floor. Yeah, yeah. And it just looked brutal, and he could flip and flop like his back had just been broken. I mean, it looked better than anything. Then you add the humiliation of the weasel suit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the there, weasel suit. Yeah. There's top a, three. <laughs> yeah, there is a thing, but I remember from the AWA and the WWF yeah. where did it later, but... There is a thing that wrestling used to be better at than I think it is now, and that was driving its crowd's reaction. You know, the the weasel thing started by Bobby Heenan. Somebody called him a weasel, and Bobby Heenan goes, no, no, don't call me a weasel, and the fans yeah. jump on it, you know. Yeah, whatever you do, don't say the word weasel when this guy comes out here, you know, and then here they introduce, you know, Bobby the Brain Heenan, and all of a sudden the people's been queued up, you know, don't say weasel when he's out here. Don't call me a weasel if he's the one saying it, you know. Yeah. And that automatically, that reaction, I agree with you, that's uh, – I think it is something that is missing. You, you've got to have that crowd interaction. I, I, I don't like, you know, when you see someone in a ring and people are sitting with their thumbs up their ass and someone's, you know, when you're going back and forth with someone from the ring or from the microphone, the podium, if you will, you've got to have that live interaction, man. I think some of that misses today because you're out there just doing this promo or this interview. But like you said, he, he heard that. He plays off of it. Next thing you know, you know, don't, whatever you do, don't chant it. Everyone in the fucking building is chanting weasel, weasel, you know, and he's talking yep. about what a great brain he is, you know, and, and put himself over. And it's, it's, it's just a special person. He's getting heat from one side knowing he's getting over on the other, you know, it's, exactly. it's great. So, and he anyway. could, he could do it better than anybody. But yeah, the weasel thing, the weasel suit, you know, cause you just look, the guy was a fucking weasel. I mean, that's, you know. <laughs> A you weasel know. manager of champions, by God. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, you know, <laughs> so you'd watch you him You'd watch him do the thing where he'd run his mouth. Rick Rude was good at this, too, when he was in uh, Memphis. You run your mouth, and the guy comes out, oh, no. I just, yeah. I'd never say. Funny. Yes, that was funny in Memphis when Rick Rude did it. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Yeah. Uh, all right. You want to uh, fill us in here real quick, one of our affiliates, and we'll keep one going? Um, well, you know what, Bobby, let's talk about this real quick. You and I run a, a couple gigs on Fiverr. 
Yes. Why don't you tell us real quick about what you do on there? Okay, on Fiverr, what I do is I take your tweet. If you've got something you want to market uh, at an event, especially a wrestling event. Right now, I'm doing a lot with podcasts, other podcasts, because I love podcasts. I enjoy them. So what I do is I take it for $5 is all it is. That's why it's called Fiverr. And I take a tweet, and I'll put it out there two to three times a day for two to three days, depending on which package you buy. And uh, basically, I'll put some uh, keyword hashtag with your tweet. I'll try to beef it up some for you if you need help writing a good tweet um just depends on what you need but usually um it's five dollars and usually you're getting six tweets for that five dollars over a two to three day period depending on you know if i put them out two for two days or or two for three days or three for two days and that's what i do on fiverr and i've been promoting uh, several podcasts uh, besides our own uh through my fiverr account and um, i've got a couple other gigs on there but uh that's my main one i do help you try to gain more followers i got a little gig that does that but mostly i right now i'm trying to just uh, tweet out other people's podcasts, other people's events, uh, whether it be wrestling event or even a, a business affiliate for, you know, some other, you know, someone that needs something. Just I need to get noticed quick, Bobby. What can you do for me? And I'll just I'll take their tweet. I'll doctor it up. I'll edit it if I have to. I'll put their link on there. I'll put their uh, advertise. Usually I'll put their Instagram, their Facebook, their their website link, and their Twitter account, whatever I can do to help beef up and get them some publicity off of that Fiverr uh, account off the Twitter. That's what I do. Yeah. Um, you know, and then you have a lot of Twitter followers, so you get a lot of eyeballs on anything you tweet. That's kind of cool. Um, for me, I'm doing voiceovers, and then I'm going to add a new thing here pretty soon where I will mix and master your podcast for five bucks. Yeah, I and, think that's a good one. Now, if you need if you need an intro, an outro, whatever, I'll have a, an upgrade for that. And if you want it edited, which Bobby, I I know you know how much I actually hate sitting and editing a show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but the voiceover work, you mm-hmm. listen to Jeremy every week on his program, and I actually I purchased a Fiverr service through Jeremy. I didn't ask him, hey, do this for me as a power, as a buddy, whatever. I wanted to help Jeremy out as a friend. And as a co-host and also help his business at Fiverr so I could get on there and, and get a, a, I got a product from him. He did a, a 30 second commercial to advertise one of my books. And, um, I've yet to put that out there. I've, I've got it downloaded just the other day onto my computer and stuff, but I want to do it because I wanted to leave Jeremy a review and help him get his business out there. And all I did is I went to Fiverr, but now Jeremy, there's another way you can do this. You can go to fiverr.com slash Jeremy Vilmer and you'll find Jeremy. That's all you have to do, and he has tremendous voice work, as you hear every week on this program. That's right, and also you can get to Bobby by going to Fiverr.com slash BobbyBlaze744. Yes, thank you. Those are are the direct ways to reach us on Fiverr. Um, If you have another project you're doing and you, you know, want to go and look and see if somebody, you know, can fill some need, whether it's graphics or whatever you're looking for, there's lots of talented people on there. You can go to tinyurl.com slash bbfiver with only one R because I forgot to spell it correctly. But that'll take you to our affiliate page. And then if you end up buying something, you do help the show out by us getting a little cash contribution for, you know, you coming through that link. So if you're going to do it and you don't mind, please use that link. It won't cost you anything extra. It just helps the show out a little bit. Yep. Appreciate that. All right. Well, we're down to our top two. <laughs> I know we're uh, just about right on time for our podcast, as we like to keep it at this uh, particular time. Uh, 
Number two, riffing off Monsoon, the Abbott and Costello wrestling. As from text, their banner was pure gold and obvious affection between the two came through no matter what they were saying to each other. And man, I don't know. That was, that was pure gold right there when them two playing off each other like that. That was just, uh, anyway, that's number two. Okay. So they had. God, I'm, I'm going to use such a dated reference. And Bobby, you know, you know me. I love old comedy stuff, you know. But they were the Martin and Lewis of their time. Yeah, they, they were one of the nice. greatest comedic duos of their uh, of the recent time. And look, there's not a lot of comedic duos anymore, so it's not something you really see. Yeah. But the two of them together, their timing, their way of playing off of each other, you know. And you and I get a little bit of this because we don't like practice our bits a lot ahead of, or at all ahead of time. Shit, a lot of times we don't even know we're going to do them until <laughs> you and I roll into a bit and it starts. You know? I know. <laughs> yeah, like the uh, the uh, coconut. You know, nobody knew that was coming. <laughs> But yeah. they they would just roll into a spot and they would just go over it and they knew each other so well and they had each other's timing down so well that they could just play off of it. Stuff you you know you kind of have to see to really appreciate it. But you know I'm just gonna name a couple things real quick. Bobby would yell at assistants over the phone or you know just off screen. He would do this sometimes at the table when calling a match. Other times like on prime time. Uh, he had an assistant. I don't remember her name. But one time, Gorilla fucking sabotaged his phone, tore the mouthpiece out of it. And so Bobby's like, ham, just like strung up the whole, the whole rest of the bit because he can't get anything done without the phone. So Gorilla goes and gets him a phone, and it's a banana phone. <laughs> you know, they go and get hot dogs together. I mean, just, oh yeah, I saw that bit. That was funny. I went to get the hot dogs, and and, and the gorilla he puts the uh, hot sauce on there. Yeah, and orders two of them. He makes him two of them for Bobby. Yeah, it's good stuff, man. But they good used, stuff. yeah, they used to do all sorts of stuff. You know, wandering around Caesar's Palace, uh, getting lost in the woods. Um, you know, Bobby trying to get credit in, at a casino. I think was one of them. <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff. It was just great stuff. Oh yeah, I yeah. saw him at the. Uh, uh, the big hotel too, and and gorillas announcing the hotel they're at in Vegas, whatever, or maybe it's actually Beverly Hills. And anyway, Bobby's like, no, no, go back, do it again. Uh, tell them you're at my home, you're at poolside of my lavish home here in Beverly Hills. <laughs> so wherever they is at, he wanted them to 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 kayfabe it, like, no, you're you're in my backyard at my pool at my you know, luxury mansion here or whatever. Yeah. Uh, they went out on a yacht together. Some of those bits, man, are just hilarious to see them. And of course, the the docs take anything from the wrestling. What the guys are in ring wrestling man just to, to riff off each other like that it's just uh oh yeah like you said man the, the lewis and martin wow yeah, yeah. good reference. well and one of the Next things that costello so yeah hell one of the things that i remember and i can't remember where it was from or quite how it went it must have been prime time or one of those shows but you know based off that format but it comes in and gorilla introduces himself in the show and then bobby heenan just looks at the camera and goes and i'm bobby heenan your host <laughs> And that's probably the best thing to say for number one, Jeremy, right there. Getting himself over at no one's expense. And what we said is, that was what Tex put in big letters. But when we talked about, very briefly, I said, no matter what you say, number one's probably going to be is, what, Jeremy? <laughs> he's just Bobby he's the Brain. Bobby Heenan, yeah, <laughs> he's, he's Bobby Heenan, yeah. He's Bobby Heenan, man. You know, commentator, manager, uh, wrestler, the angles he got himself involved in. He's just Bobby Heenan. Him coming through uh, one of the WrestleMania 
as that was out at Caesar's Palace. He's riding a camel backwards. I mean, just uh, calling someone a ham and agar, saying, uh, how would you, Bobby Smedley, how would you like to go through your life with, <laughs> how'd you like to go through life with that moniker? You know, I mean, just that's, that's Bobby Heenan, man. And I'll tell you, because you said early on, I'm so glad you did, man. And his sense of fashion, man, is just, it, he just, that's just Bobby the brain Heenan, man. Oh, yeah. He, he's in the greatest wrestling manager of all time. And most of our egos could not handle the amount of ridicule and harassment and, you know, putting yourself up to be embarrassed that way. And yeah. he, he did it. You know, he was smiling all the way to the bank afterwards. Oh, yeah. 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 That's for sure, man. So that's our number one reason, because he is Bobby Heenan. That's what we love him. Probably the most over guy you love to hate back in the day. Uh, he's just over all around. Uh, we talked about his bumps. We talked about everything. I don't know if we left something out. It wasn't intentional. I can assure you of that. All I can say is I hope you enjoyed this top 10, but I bet you could sit here and I bet you could think of 50 reasons why you love Bobby the Brain Heenan, and you will go on YouTube or whatever your source of uh, entertainment is to, to find uh, wrestling. Go in there and look up some Bobby the Brain clips because you will crack up. You'll bring It'll bring a smile to your face even on your saddest day. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. Take the time to go and look some of this stuff up because it's definitely worth seeing. Go back. If you only knew him from WCW or WWF, go back and find some of his interviews when he was with uh, Bockwinkle and Stevens. Yeah. Because he could piss off a crowd in those days. <laughs> you know, he wasn't, he wasn't quite funny Bobby Heenan yet. He was just yeah. mean and shitty Bobby Heenan at that yeah. point. And then you put that in combination with Bockwinkle trying to make everybody feel stupid. And it was just pure. That's a master class in getting heat. Yeah. It really And was. I'm going to say this. I got it from ProWrestlingStories.com, uh, and that was Nick Bockwinkle saying that Bobby the Brain Heenan was the greatest worker of all time because he understood every aspect of wrestling, managing, and, get ready, Jeremy, entertainment. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm just going to say that, man. If if all these other people say it, you've got to agree, folks. The number one all-time manager of all time was Bobby the Brain Heenan. Yeah, absolutely. Look, uh, Jim Cornette says it. Bobby says yep. it. I say it. Nick Bockwinkle, uh, you know, come on. That's, you know, and Bobby, I, I, if you're, if you want to do your wrap up, I'm going to read a list real quick of everybody I just found that was listed as a client of Bobby Heenan and then we'll sign off. Oh, that sounds good. Okay. Well, real briefly, you know what I'm going to say, man. I always start off saying something fun, try to have some fun with the program. Uh, but when I close out, I always just try to tell people, look, man, I appreciate all the fans that listen to the program. I appreciate the people that follow the podcast. I appreciate the people that follow the YouTube channel. Follow Jeremy at the Geekish Cast on Twitter. Follow me at BobbyBlaze744 on Twitter or the joint account at Bell to Bell Blaze on Twitter. But I always say this and I say it because I mean it. People take care of each other out there. Show some kindness. Show some love, man. There's too much other bullshit going in the world. Just take some time. Uh, show yourself some love. Show yourself some kindness. Show yourself some forgiveness. Sometimes we judge ourselves way too harsh. I know I do. But you know what? Take care of each other. And that, that's really what I want to say, Jeremy, is I'm glad you're friends with me. I'm glad we got this podcast together. I'm glad the fans listen. And all you fans listening, please just take care of each other out there and be kind to each other. That's all I can tell you. So I'm going to hit this list real quick. In the AWA, Blackjack Lanza, Blackjack Mulligan, Bobby Duncan, Ken Patera, Mr. Saito, Nick Bockwinkle, Ray Stevens, Stan Hansen, Super Destroyer Mark II, Georgia Championship, 
Austin Idols, Blackjack Lanza, Bobby Jaggers, Ernie Ladd, Carl Cox, Mass Superstar, Toro Tanaka, Ron Bass, WWA, Angelo Pothel, Baron Von Raschke, Chris Markoff, Jimmy Valiant, Johnny Valiant. How do we, how do we forget that? Uh, yeah. WWF, Adrian Adonis, Andre the Giant, The Barbarian, Big John Studd, The Brain Busters, Buddy Rose, The Brooklyn Brawler, The Colossal Connection, which was Andre and Haku, Harley Race, Hercules Hernandez, The Islanders, Haku and Tama, Ken Patera, King Kong Bundy, The Missing Link, Mr. Perfect. How'd we miss that? Paul Orndorff. Oh God. Uh, uh, well, here, Terry Taylor, because I'm not going to call him this other name. Yeah. Uh, Rick Flair, Rick Rude, C.V. Offy. That is the only name there that does not jump out at me. That is the only one. Okay. And there Most you go. Impressive list. That was a great one. All right, everybody. Well, it has been our pleasure to have you, and it has been your pleasure to listen to Bell to Bell with Bobby Blaze. Have a good time out there, you ham and eggers. <laughs> 